Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With more news than you can shake a stick at, Larry D decided to cut his offseason short to give his take on our beloved super busy offseason up to this point. What moves does Larry D like, and what does he still want to see? All of this and so much more on this mid-off-season recap episode of the Chicago Bears Review. For the first time in 2014, Larry D has returned to bring you the first episode of the Chicago Bears review of the new year. What's going on, everybody? How has the new year been? Because I, I, I actually just checked, and the last episode of the 2013 season was released on December 31st, so on New Year's Eve. So that means this is the first you're hearing from me in 2014 and uh i want to give my apologies uh to everyone for for not producing the uh the year in review show uh it was one of those things where time just kind of got away from me and the next thing i knew it was the super bowl and the super bowl was over and and all that kind of stuff it just uh, life was just just kind of getting in the way i'm going through some changes uh, right now, um, which is why I'm kind of doing this in the middle of the afternoon. It's because I'm <laughs> I'm not working right now, which is not something that you want to be, you know, putting out there. But uh, you know, it's the truth. Uh, severed ties with my with my now former uh, employer, so I'm uh, looking for a new uh, gig right now. So I've had a lot of time on my hands lately. Uh, sitting around watching a lot of NFL Network, which means that I was glued to my set on free agency day one. And, uh, you know, I've been uh, home to, to catch all of the breaking news uh, when uh, when when all of the, the news has been made. As a matter of fact, I was up early uh, this morning uh, watching. Um, actually, I was doing, uh, you know, working on some stuff on my computer, on my laptop, I should say. And I had Mike and Mike. Uh, playing on uh, ESPN2 this morning when it broke the news about the uh, the signing that I'll be talking about here in just a couple of uh, minutes. So, like I said, my apologies. Uh, the year in review episode did not happen. The combination of uh, just kind of uh, getting a little too busy and putting it off to, and then I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll do this, and then I'll put it off, and then I'll do it then, you know, or maybe next week. And then I'd say, and it's the next thing you know. It's, uh, you know, the, the Super Bowl is, is come and gone and it just seems like it's, you know, kind of gotten away from me and it just, you know, it just felt like it didn't make sense. Not to mention still hadn't quite gotten over the sting of how the season ended uh, as, as poorly as the Bears played at times uh, in 2013. And as much as we, you know, for the most part, 
just admittedly, as much as we pretty much did not deserve it, we were one botched, uh, one botched uh, coverage away from winning the division and going to the playoffs. And it probably would have been a one and done, uh, considering that it would have been the 49ers that were coming to town and they ended up playing the NFC Championship game. But uh, it would have been nice in year one of the Tressman era to really kind of, you know, set that staple of, you know, this is a regime that's going to be successful and, uh, you know, get that division title and, and go to the uh, go to the playoffs, even if it was just a one and done, uh, you know, sacrifice to the 49ers uh, in the wild card round. But, um, you know, so it was a combination of those two things and uh, a combination of extreme boredom and a ton of stuff to talk about uh, that I'm coming to you guys early because uh, for those of you who know, loyal to the show, have been listening to the last few years usually don't break my off-season hibernation until after the NFL draft, you know, kind of recap the entire off-season and the moves from the draft. So this, uh, in, in turn, because it's been such a unique off-season for the Bears, it's, it's a, we, we are truly a franchise in transition uh, right now. Uh, it, we're, we're, we're saying goodbye to a lot of different faces uh, and, you know, the Phil Emery and Mark Tressman truly putting their stamp uh, on this uh, on this team. Uh, there there aren't many people left uh, from the Lovey Smith uh, regime as far as like the the big names, the key players, you know, starting with Erlacher last year and, you know, a few more guys uh, this year, big names that were heavy contributors to the success uh, or lack thereof, if you will of the lovey smith era and um you know but but once again phil emery um you know like i said in in phil i trust uh because this was uh you know last year going into the 2013 season it would look to be a, a, a where we need to really focus on the offense and improve the offense more specifically the offensive line uh, you know, obviously we needed help with the tight end position. What were his first two moves on day one of free agency? Signing, uh, you know, Gerard Bushrod and uh, Jermon Bushrod and uh, Martellus Bennett. Uh, went out there and got that. Draft Kyle Long in the first round, which most of us were like, who the hell is Kyle Long? But that turned out to be genius because the kid found himself in the Pro Bowl. Uh, drafted Jordan Mills in the fifth round. That was a genius move. Uh, just read today that uh, Jordan Mills is um, basically got that pay-for-play compensation, where basically he he played every snap on offense uh, until that uh, until he hurt his foot in the in the finale against Green Bay, and as a fifth-round pick, you know they they only quote-unquote only make about four hundred thousand dollars or so a year or whatever it is, and he actually just received a bonus. Uh, because he played so much, basically he outplayed his contract, if you will, uh, gets the most out of any uh, any player in the league that qualifies for this exemption where you basically, because you played this much, you earn an extra, you know, paycheck, uh, if you will, uh, an extra $316,000, the highest in the league, not just on the team, the highest in the league, $316,000, Jordan Mills, earned for being the starting right tackle from day one through week 17 uh for the bears but you know the picks that he made there in signing bennett 
going after Bushrod, drafting Kyle Long, going with Jordan Mills being the starting right tackle and letting that be what it is, signing Matt Slauson, uh, you know, and going with four brand new starters on an offensive on the offensive line and those five guys together will be be, will be together once again uh, in, in 2014 as well. But just, you know, all of the moves that have been made, all of the controversy surrounding them uh, and, and everything. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Uh, you know, Erlacher you know, going ahead and, and shouting off his beak at uh, the moves that the Bears have made uh, this year uh, in the off season as well. I mean, even, you know, bickering about moves the Bears haven't made and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Lance Briggs throwing his comments in on, on such things and, and so on and so forth. Just a whole lot to talk about. So uh, what do you say we go ahead and just dive right in? It's the off season. A ton of stuff has gone down. So let's see if we can try to uh, to cover it all and uh, see if we can get this show done in, in less than uh, you know I don't know five or six hours. Going into the twenty fourteen off season. Uh, it was very obvious after the way the 2013 season turned out, uh, you know, whereas uh, it was obvious where the Bears needed to focus after they had a, a record-setting type defense and uh, Brandon Marshall uh, being basically the only thing we're talking about. Matt Forte as well also had an outstanding season in 2012. Uh, but But after, you know, the defense doing what it had done to tr its best to try to keep the offense uh, in games. At times, it was obvious that the offense and the offensive line uh, getting another weapon for Brandon Marshall, uh, shoring up the tight end position where it was obvious those were the moves that we had to make going into 2013. It is obvious upon obvious upon obvious about where it is the Bears need to approve in 2014. And God bless Phil Emery, the guy is hitting all of the marks. So, um, you know, he, he's been really, really busy. And, and for the most part, he's, he's bringing a lot of guys back, um, but also adding some big pieces. And the, the biggest one, uh, the biggest splash was made today, which today would be, 
what like day 15 or something of uh, of the free agency period started on uh would be day 14 actually um started on 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 march the 11th the 11th i think the 11th or the 12th one of the two for it would be the first day of the new year uh for the for the nfl uh that is the first day of the league year uh would be the i think it was the 11th or the 12th and uh today being the 26th uh, of march but um actually the the second biggest splash if you will uh was made bef- basically right at the start of the of the off season um Phil Emery and Mark Tressman uh, step up to the table in uh, in Hallis Hall to kind of uh the the state of the team address at the end of the year to kind of talk about the year that was and 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 what they'd like to do and uh you know uh, it blew up my Twitter feed and I started getting text messages and and all that kind of stuff because Phil Emery had a few announcements to make before they got into what we want to do with the off season and, and all that kind of stuff, announcing that uh, instead of letting Jay test Jay Jay Cutler, of course, letting him test the free agent waters, that uh, they went ahead and just uh, signed him to a seven year, one hundred twenty six point seven million dollar contract to to resign Jay and, and make sure that he doesn't go anywhere 54 million of that uh guaranteed and and before you start getting all mixed up in the numbers um it's basically a three-year 54 million dollar deal and then like i think like the last four years we can cut him and because that 54 million that's guaranteed is in the first three years in the first three years of the contract so 18 million a year uh, for the next three years at least, and then the four years after that, basically the Bears can cut ties with Cutler whenever they want. And they also, which will come into play a little bit later on, also kind of structured his contract in a way where they could restructure his contract to give salary cap space where it is needed, like like convert part of his salary into a bonus that would not count against the cap and uh you know and, and so on and that uh that's a little something you want to remember for a little bit further on down the road the other announcements that he made that day that he also re-signed tim jennings and matt slauson to four-year contracts so the the big wondering of what's going to happen with matt slauson since he only came in on a on a veteran minimum one-year deal uh to play for the bears in 2013 Matt Slauson played like a beast in 2013, and he's rewarded with a four-year contract. Tim Jennings wanting a more of a long-term commitment from the Bears than the one- and two-year contracts that he played uh, with the Bears uh, in his first few years with the team. Gets a four-year commitment for the Bears, over $22 million uh, there. Then he went about re-signing all of the, you know, contributors slash kind of uh, – backups and things like that uh re-signed Derek Martin as a cornerback if you don't know who that is uh he was actually signed to the team for the last I think four or five games of the season basically somebody that came in when it was uh you know uh decided that that Peanut Tillman wasn't coming back at all like he wasn't even going to come back for the playoff push if there was going to be one with the team uh and so on he re-signs for the veteran minimum uh, one year, uh, Tyler Boggs, who was the backup to Roberto Garza, we signed him to a one-year 
uh, contract. Uh, we re-signed tight end. And Dante Rosario was kind of weird because we re-signed him, I think, like March 5th. Then a week later, five, six days later, we cut him. And then two days after that, we signed him again. And I, and I did the research. I was able to find it. We cut him and then signed him again to the exact same amount of, you know, this is the exact same contract that we had signed him to about 10 days sooner. So it's like March 5th, he was re-signed. March 10th or 11th, he was cut. And then March 13th, he was re-signed again to the same one-year contract that we'd cut him from before. Don't know what the hell what that was all about, but that's been, you know, the first couple of weeks of Dante Rosario's March of 2014 was quite the roller coaster ride. Uh, he re-signed, then he was cut, then he was re-signed, and he's with the Bears as the backup tight end uh, to Martellus Bennett. Um, Kelvin Hayden, uh, to, these are all one-year contracts that I'm that I'm talking about. Kelvin Hayden re-signed, and and he spent the entire season on injured reserve after uh, tearing his hamstring uh, in training camp. Uh, let's see who else got a one-year deal. Jordan Palmer uh, was re-signed uh, to a one-year contract to be a backup uh, to Jay Cutler. DJ Williams re-signed a one-year deal. Charles Tillman. That was one of the big, 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 big uh, deals as far as uh, the re-signings that uh, Phil Emery has done as far as keeping people uh, in-house. Um, it was not looking good as far as Peanut coming back. A lot of stories saying he might follow Lovey to Tampa Bay, who's now the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he actually had a visit with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, before you knew it, uh, kind of out of nowhere, actually, where it was looking like, oh, man, Peanut's making visits and all that kind of stuff. Boom, signs with the Bears one year, $3.25 million. Peanut comes back to Chicago. Uh, we also signed Craig Stelts and, is, and uh, excuse me, Sherrick McManus are all re-signed. So in total, I think like 14 or 15 Bears re-signed uh, by Phil Emery to come back in 2014. Now, who are the new people that we've signed? Well, let's start off with uh, some of the lesser names. Uh, Austin Lane, a defensive end from the Lions, uh, signed a one-year deal. Uh, Trevor Scott uh, is a defensive end from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, he's coming in with the Bears. And then we got to, to, the, to the start of free agency, and the big splash the Bears made on the opening day of free agency was defensive end Lamar Houston. Uh, a five-year, $35 million contract um, to sign him away from the uh, Oakland Raiders. Uh, 14.9 million, so 15 million of that uh, guaranteed. Um, and basically, we signed Lamar Houston. Um, no, you know, no disrespect to, to Lamar Houston, but he was not the Bears' first choice. Uh, the Bears wanted Michael Bennett, uh, the older brother of Martellus Bennett, who had just had an outstanding year for the world champion uh, Seattle Seahawks, tried to bring him in. Um, and basically, in the end, he re-signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and uh, the, even though the Bears were, were offering more money, the Bears were offering more money than the Seahawks were, Michael Bennett took somewhat of a hometown discount to stay with the Seahawks instead of uh, joining his brother Martellus in Chicago. Uh, he said it was one of the hardest things he's ever had to do to tell Martellus that he wasn't going to come and play with him 
uh, in Chicago, but he was happy to stay in Seattle and uh, stay with the world champs. So we signed Lamar Houston to that five-year deal. Uh, the Bears also um, signed uh, Ryan Mundy, a free safety from the Giants, to a two-year contract. Uh, M.D. Jennings, a free safety on a one-year deal from the Green Bay Packers. And then on day two or three, the Bears signed another defensive end, Willie Young, a three-year contract from the Detroit Lions. Three years, $9 million, so not exactly breaking the bank to sign him. But, you know, that's what we looked like we were going to have for our bookends. Lamar Houston on one side, Willie Young on the other. Uh, we re-signed Nate Collins uh, as well. I think I missed him uh, when we were talking about the people that the Bears have uh, re-signed. He signed a uh, a, uh, a one-year contract. Jeremiah Ratliff, sorry, I missed him too. What the hell's my problem? Jay Ratliff on a two-year contract uh, signed before free agency uh, started, so the rest of the market didn't get a chance to uh, – Try to steal Jay Ratliff away from the uh, away from the Bears. So we get Jeremiah Ratliff, who played very well and monumentally well, considering what we had at the defensive tackle position before he played. But the great thing here is that we've got him for two years. He's completely healthy, as opposed to last year where he spent the off season and in deep into the season rehabbing and training to get to be 100% just for the chance to play the last, you know, what, four or five games uh, for the Bears uh, last year. This time he's been healthy. He's, you know, he's fully healthy now going through the entire offseason program. We'll go through training camp, you know, get all the, you know, the training and, the, you know, the system and the scheming and, and whatnot. And uh, I'm personally expecting big things uh from jay ratliff uh when it comes to in in 2014 um so re-signed jay ratliff we re-signed uh nate collins so as of right now those are your starting defensive tackles uh with lamar houston and willie young uh being our defensive ends uh we signed dominic hickson uh to a one-year contract that's if that name sounds familiar former new york giant spent last year with the um Carolina Panthers uh, in 2013. Uh, let's see, who else? Uh, Danny McCray, another safety on a one-year deal from the um, Dallas Cowboys. And then my two favorite moves that the Bears have made so far in this offseason. Number one, a few days ago, we re-signed, well, not so much re-signed, but reacquired, if you will, Israel Adonijah, uh, who spent 2013 with the Detroit Lions, and that's just makes me sick to even think about it because you guys know how much I hate the freaking Detroit Lions. I just, uh, I just, uh, not to mention the fact that we lost both games to the Lions and they didn't beat us in either of those freaking games. Don't get me started. Izzy comes back home to Chicago where he spent like the first 10 years of his career. He comes back, and then the move that the Bears made today. The move that the Bears made today. Now, it was kind of prefaced by the fact that yesterday or the day before, today's Wednesday, so it was either Monday or Tuesday, I think it was Monday, maybe even Sunday actually, that the Bears announced that they'd already used that restructure clause with Jay Cutler to clear up an additional $4 million in cap space. 
And people were wondering, what's this $4 million for? What's this $4 million for? Well, it was announced this morning, and I said I was up early this morning watching Mike and Mike, 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting here watching this, or I've kind of got it playing in the background, and I hear, breaking news, the Chicago Bears have signed Jared Allen, defensive end formerly of the Minnesota Vikings, to a four-year, $32 million contract. Uh, $15.5 million of that is guaranteed uh, for Jared to join the Chicago Bears and you know what? It was like, what? Really? Jared Allen, man, here's, here's what's so surprising about it. Number one, we just cut Julius Peppers, a f- you know, about a week or so ago. He's 34 years old or going to be 34 years old. Uh, you know, he led the team in sacks with seven and a half, but it was a very mediocre seven and a half sacks uh i mean nobody on the defense had a good year not one single person on the defense had a good year or at least no one should have say that they had a year that they were happy with if you will but uh you know we let julius peppers go um it was a move that i wasn't 100 percent happy with i was kind of hoping that the bears would would be able to talk peppers into restructuring and the thing was, he, when we let him go, he was due to make about $14, 15000000 million. And he was, um, he was like supposed to count like $18 million against the cap or something like that. When we let him go, we saved like $10 million in cap space uh, or something like that. And my, my hope was that we could try to get him – to restructure his deal and stay for about half of what he was making, which would, in this case would be about seven, seven or so million dollars since he was scheduled to make about 14 million. He leaves after we obviously we cut him. He signs a few days later with the Packers, the son of a bitch, signs with Green Bay for three years, 26 million, which averages for how much? About eight million dollars a season. So he signed with the Packers for the amount of money that I wanted him to restructure his contract for to stay with the Bears. But you know, I didn't really want to see Peppers go. You know, I I didn't want to see him go. He's been one of my favorites since he signed with us in 2010 or before the 2010 season. Unfortunately, it was not meant to be. He is now a former Bear, and he signed with the friggin' Packers be that as it may but we did sign jared allen using that restructure to free up cap space we got jared allen on a four-year 32 million dollar deal and uh it it it, uh it was revealed that the fourth year is voidable like the last year on on the contract can be voided uh so essentially it's a three-year 24 million dollar contract with an option for a fourth year basically is is from what is what I understand uh, the deal uh, to be. So other moves that the Bears made, trying to, to, to wrap this up a little bit, if you will. Um, all of these were cap space moves. Uh, we cut Adam Podlesh. He's no longer punting for the Bears anymore. We also let go of Michael Bush, was set to make about $4 million after the year that he had last year. Not that our run blocking was stellar, but Matt Forte ran for 1,300 yards, uh, and Michael Bush did not just wasn't even the short yardage ace that he was when we first signed him a couple years ago obviously we cut julius peppers we also let go of earl bennett after he refused to take 
a pay cut uh, for this year. So he is now a former Bear uh, as well. So other departures, uh, free agents. Hate to see some of these guys go. We already talked about Peppers, three years, $26 million with the Green Bay Packers. Josh McCown, we're really kind of hoping that we could get him back, but, you know, can't pass up the opportunity. Uh, Lovey Smith has said he is going to be the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, signs a two-year, $10 million contract, so $5 million a year. It's a hell of a lot more than he probably would have made uh, sticking with the Bears. Uh, Henry Melton is a former Bear now, rejoins Rod Marinelli down in Dallas. And um, it's it's an interesting contract that he signed with the Cowboys. It is, uh, it is you know, kind of announced as a four-year contract, but essentially what it is is a one-year deal with the option for three more. Uh, basically, it's a, it's a one-year $3.5 million contract, and then there's an option for the Cowboys to pick up the last three years. So it's signed as a four-year deal. Uh, I'm not sure on the particulars of the, of the remaining years on how much it is, but I, I think it's like a $13, $14 million contract uh, altogether. But the first year is one year, $3.5 million, and then if he sticks, if the Cowboys decide to take him, he'll be back for three more years. They'll pick up the remaining three years of the four-year deal. So it's uh, kind of like where the Bears – it's kind of like the reverse deal that the Bears have with Allen, whereas Allen is a three-year deal with an option for the fourth. It's a one-year deal with an option for three more. Uh, for Henry Melton, uh, signed with the Cowboys. Uh, Corey Wooten, who, um, honestly, uh, I made up my final bear up, bear down lists for uh, the 2013 season in preparation for the year in review show that I never got around to doing. And honestly, Corey Wooten was the only defensive player on the list, the only one. Uh, not even Tim Jennings was on there, uh, who probably had the best season out of any defender on the team quite frankly um the and the reason that i put Corey wooten on the list was more so not for the play that he had on the field because he wasn't dominant or anything like that but for the sacrifice that Corey wooten made uh in 2013 it was a contract year for him and one of those years where you know you kind of want to be showcased if you will because you're auditioning not only to, to stay with the team that you're in, but to show the rest of the other teams in the league what you're capable of. And in the season where, you know, he was a starting, the other starting defensive end or, you know, heavily rotating uh, in at uh, defensive end with McClellan and Peppers being the defensive ends that, uh, you know, we were starting uh, last season, we ended up, uh, you know, with the injuries that we suffered a defensive tackle and the lack the, the lack of uh, depth and, and the lack of quality depth that we had at the position um, moved to the inside to give the Bears another option at uh, defensive tackle for us. And like I said, he wasn't lighting up the world of defensive tackle, ended up getting himself injured, you know, in a contract year. The guy made a big sacrifice and, um, you know, he made some plays too. He, he did make some plays at defensive tackle. 
uh, for us, and, and I just wanted to kind of acknowledge what he did and, and doing it for the team and being a team player, being a team first guy in, in such a personally important year for him, I thought was, was worthy of a bear up, even though no one on the defense really deserved one uh, last year. But, um, you know, he did sign a one-year deal with the Minnesota Vikings, so uh, when he gets healed up, I believe it was a shoulder injury. Um, he had to have surgery for, so he's rehabbing at the moment. So he's kind of playing another year, one year what audition with the Vikings to see if maybe he can cash in in 2015. And then the last departure for me is the the most bittersweet one. Three years, nine million dollars. Devin Hester is now an Atlanta Falcon. So I don't know what he'll be doing in Atlanta aside from the obvious kicks and uh, punts and kicks and so on. But uh, he'll be there for three years. And, um, you know, then, uh, I mean, he, it was announced just before uh, the free agency market began that uh, he would not be re-signing with the Bears. And um, I think that uh, what it was, I think Tressman wanted him to play some receiver in 2014. And Hester wanted to focus more just on the kicks and the punts. So maybe he won't be catching passes in Atlanta. I was reading something where he might and something, you know, he maybe he will and maybe he won't uh, and whatever uh, for the Falcons. But, um, you know, with Roddy White and Julio Jones out there, you know, he's not going to be expected to be the number one receiver, which is exactly what he would not be in Chicago, especially after the year that Marshall and Jeffrey had last year. Number one is a distant memory as far as Devin Hester being a number one receiver in Chicago, um, you know, he'll just be doing, he just uh, just wanted to do kicks and punts uh, for the Bears, and the Bears didn't want to pay him what he was asking to just do that one thing. So he hit the open market, signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, what makes it bitter more than anything uh, number one is that, uh, you know, the odds that Devin Hester is going to break that all-time return record wearing a different uniform, that sucks. Um, but what really sucks is that even for Hester and Melton and uh, Josh McCown, who aren't playing in the division like Peppers and Wooten, playing for the Vikings and the Packers respectively or disrespectively, if you will, is that every one of these guys that signed with a new team in 2014 is on the damn schedule this year. We play the Cowboys, we play, and we play the AFC South, so we play the Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in 2014. Is that fresh off of their departure, we have to play these guys. Uh, thankfully, we play Atlanta in Atlanta, so at least Hester won't be able to stick it to us in Soldier Field. However... We both know we all know that Tampa Bay Tampa Bay is coming to Chicago this year, so Lovey and Josh McCown are coming to Soldier Field. And as we all know, Green Bay and Minnesota visit Soldier Field every year. So we get to vomit over the sight of Julius Peppers wearing the green and gold of oh, God. I just uh it's it's just, you know, I I'm reminded of the feeling that I had the first time I saw Steve McMichael, who spent like the last one or two years of his career in Green Bay, the sight of him 
number 76 wearing the green and gold of the Packers. It just ugh, makes me sick to, 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 to even think about it. It just depresses me so much. For the Julius Peppers, who was, who was my guy, or anyone who, who goes back to 2010, I was a man crushing like crazy on Julius Peppers. You know, total man crush on Peppers to have him wearing uh, just, oh, man, just, uh, God, I'm so pissed that he signed anybody else. And even if it was Minnesota or even Detroit, as much as I hate the Lions, I would have, it wouldn't have stung as much for him to sign with the Lions. It just, oh, God, just to see him sign with Green Bay, just, uh, it'd be like watching Ditka coach a game from Lambeau. Oh, God. Yeah, that's how I don't like it. Don't like it at all. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Pepper's a Packer. Ugh, I can't stand it. Anyway, other names that are still out there, um, free agents uh, from the Chicago Bears, Anthony Walters, uh, Zach Bowman, even Britton and Eben Britton, who was a reserve tackle for us, but also kind of played that quote-unquote tight end position uh, from time to time and also filled in very very well week 17 after Jordan Mills went down uh, at right tackle uh, Evan Britton did a fantastic job uh, in a reserve role and for anyone who remembers me talking about him during the preseason episodes last year I was absolutely floored when Evan Britton made the team I thought he played like crap in every possible scenario uh, when playing in the preseason. Floored, the guy made the team, and then even more surprised that he was such a contributor for us, but he ended up playing very, very well. Maybe he just needed to get his feet underneath him uh, as far as getting his uh, tracking and his footing and stuff to play well uh, for the Bears, but he ended up doing uh, very well, and um, you know, hopefully uh, we'll be able to hang on to him uh, and bring him back because he was a very important reserve for us. Uh, Jonathan Scott, who didn't play a down for the Bears last year, the other offensive tackle, as uh, a free agent for us. Uh, Major Wright, free agent. We're not bringing him back. Not bringing him back at all. I'm actually st stunned that Chris Conti is still on the team. And, um, you know, Phil Emery was actually saying, like, uh, he's going to get another chance to uh, – to play, to start, and, and everything, or compete for a job since we signed like 12 safeties so far in this offseason. Um, you know, we'll see how it all turns up, even though he's the most hated man in Chicago uh, at the moment. Uh, but uh, Patrick Manley's still unsigned, and that's because he's got, uh, I think, like a hip or something that's uh, being looked at. And once he's healthy, the Bears are probably bringing him back. Um, but uh, he's been with us since ninety. So this is, what, his 16th, 17th season, the longest-tenured Bear ever, Patrick Manley, and hopefully we bring him back. Hopefully he's snapping for us until he has to wheel himself out there on a wheelchair. But, um, you know, he's still out there right now. Landon Cohen, a defensive tackle, don't expect to bring him back. Uh, Blake Costanzo was our special teams guy, linebacker. And James Anderson, uh, I think it's pretty safe to assume that James Anderson won't be back. Um and the main reason being that, uh, number one, uh, Shea McClellan has moved, has been officially moved from defensive end to linebacker. So he's going to be competing at outside linebacker most likely uh, for the Bears in 2014. 
And, and the reason that that affects James Anderson, not just because, uh, you know, McClellan is a linebacker now, but because he's not a defensive end anymore, Shea McClellan is going to wear number 50 in the linebacker. So that's the number that James Anderson was wearing last year. So his number is taken, and he's on a one-year contract, so that weighs very heavily on the fact that James Anderson will most likely not return to the Chicago Bears in 2014. So one last thing before we, uh, before we move on. Um, the heads that rolled because of all of the defensive turmoil and disappointment and such uh, belonged to the assistant coaches. Mel Tucker did return. He will stay and remain as defensive coordinator uh, of the Chicago Bears. Um, but uh, defensive line and linebacker coaches have all been let go. Uh, Mike Fair, the defensive line coach, uh, Tim Tibisar, Tibisar, the linebacker coach, and assistant defensive line coach Michael Sinclair, all dismissed, fired, whatever you want to call them. New linebacker coach Reggie Herring uh, for the Bears, and Paul C Pasqualani, if that name sounds familiar to you, he was the head coach of the Syracuse Orangemen uh, for a spell. He's the new defensive line coach. Uh, Clint Hurt has uh, been uh, signed as the new assistant defensive line coach. And on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Aaron Cromer is no longer the offensive line coach, or not officially anyway. He is now just officially the offensive line coach. Uh, Pat Meyer, who was the assistant O-line coach last year, been promoted to offensive line coach and that's all the moves that have been made on the um, coaching front. So the, surprisingly, no defense, the defensive back coach was not let go. So we still retain uh, our defensive back coach, uh, even though uh, safeties are pretty horrendous last year. I guess they're thinking that uh, it's kind of a trickle-down effect because the defensive line and linebacker coaches weren't doing their jobs the safeties were kind of out on an island, and they, they weren't really good enough for that. So what are you going to do? But uh, anyway, that's, uh, those are all the moves that the Bears uh, have made, you know, highlighted with the Jared Allen signing that they made today. We, we're basically we're rebuilding the defensive side of the football. Uh, we haven't uh, really touched the linebacker position, uh, if you will. I mean, we added uh, Shea McClellan, but he was a subtraction from the defensive line this is kind of a last ditch effort if you will mcclellan has not basically not performed his first two years as a first round choice uh, for the bears in 2012 phil emory's first uh, draft uh, as bears uh, gm and uh, see if we can use some of that athleticism that he displayed to be good enough to be drafted in the top half of the uh you know in the, in the top portion of the first round um and uh, see if he can save his career but uh you know we'll see and uh john bostic will most likely be moved to the outside linebacker spots and uh you know it'd be interesting to see what the linebacking core looks like i mean obviously we know lance briggs is going to be our weak side linebacker uh all signs point to the recently re-signed dj williams going back to the middle uh he played well in that spot before he was injured in week six you know he tore that pectoral muscle and we lost him uh, for the year. James Anderson is gone, so the strong side position wide open. Could it be John Bostic? Will it be Shea McClellan? Who knows? We'll have to see what uh, what the preseason brings us. But um, 
we may not have uh, any moves at linebacker, at least no no signings or anything. I mean, the Bears signed Jordan Sen. He's a linebacker, but he was brought in to be more of a special teams ace than a contributor on the defensive side uh, of the ball. So looks like we're not touching the linebacking core, or maybe that's something we'll address uh, in the draft, which we'll talk about here uh, in just a moment or, or two. But, um, you know, we – we didn't make a splash in the safety position. That's in, you know, you remember I was pretty adamant about that. I didn't want the Bears to draft a safety because that hasn't worked for us in a really long time. Not since like the first few years of Mike Brown's career has it been a good thing that the Bears drafted a safety. I mean, we've all had these one-hit wonders. Guys like Al Afalava, who we drafted in the sixth round, was a starter, was with us for like one year before we sent him packing. Uh, you know, tons of guys like Truman McBride, you know, guys like that, that, uh, you know, we drafted in the bottom half of the of the draft that were good enough to earn a spot in the defensive backfield only to disappear the year after. Um, Brandon Harden never played a down officially for the Bears played some preseason ball but that was about it that was actually a blunder that Phil Emery admitted to in that press conference where they announced Jay Cutler's deals and all that they announced the deal with Tim Jennings Jay Cutler Matt Slauson uh Shane McClellan's going to be a linebacker oops I screwed up with Brandon Harden was some of the highlights of that uh, uh press conference um so we 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 I mean it's still possible we could sign someone but I wanted the Bears to go after um a, a name and there were there were names in free agency to be had and what was most disappointing is like Jarius Bird was the number one safety on the market but his asking price I knew was probably going to be too high uh for the Bears he ended up signing six years 54 million dollars so nine million dollars a season to be with the New Orleans Saints as he left the uh as he left the Buffalo Bills um but the guy that I wanted, the guy that I was really impressed with, not just in the game that he played against us, but in other games that I saw because I had the Sunday NFL ticket last year, was T.J. Ward, the, the safety from the Cleveland Browns. I liked him because he was really strong against the run, and obviously that's someplace we needed to pr improve dramatically uh, in 2014. I mean, even if we're mediocre on defense, if we have the same offensive production that we had last year, we'll go to the we'll we'll go deep in the playoffs. I promise you, because we won eight games without a defense last year, and the second most points in the league last season. We scored the second most points in the league last year. I mean, obviously, nobody was going to outscore the Denver Broncos because Peyton Manning threw eighty-seven touchdown passes last year. But this, if you take the Broncos out of the equation, the Bears had the most prolific offense in the NFL last year. How weird a sentence is that here? You know, the Bears had the best offense in the league as far as putting points on the board outside of the Denver Broncos in their record-setting year. That's nuts. But it happened. With If we had a mediocre defense in 2013, We'd have won 12 games, and who knows what would have happened. But instead, we won eight games without a defense. Imagine what we could do if we just had a middle-of-the-road mediocre defense. And we're adding bodies to the defensive line. And It looks like, I think somebody made the comment on Facebook today, Phil Emery's kind of taking the, um, 
New York Giant approach to the defensive line where you can never have too many pass rushers. We signed Willie Young. We signed Lamar Houston. Looked like we were set there. Then we add Izzy Adonijay a few days ago, and then today make the biggest splash of them all by signing Jared Allen away from the, the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, so now what do you do? We got Lamar Houston, so just based on his price tag, Houston's going to be on the other side, Allen on one on the other. Willie Young's going to be the first guy off the bench as far as the three-man rotation at defensive end uh, is concerned. Mil- you know, And then, like you heard me say before, Phil Emery signed, what, three or four other guys, uh, Austin Lane, uh, Trevor Scott, the defensive end. Uh, we signed Lamar Houston, Willie Young, Israel Adonijay, Jared Allen. So just in this offseason alone, he signed six defensive ends six defensive ends so you know these are guys that are being brought in uh, to the team this year and then at defensive tackle we re-signed jeremiah ratliff we re-signed nate collins to go along with stephen paya and, and we'll talk about it here in the uh, about the draft in here just a moment that's still got to be the focus of the, in the first round anyway because it's a it's a deep, deep, deep draft. I'm hearing Mike Mayock on the NFL Network talking about this is like the, one of the deepest drafts ever this year. So, I mean, there's talent to be had in every single round this year. And I was actually at, the, uh, at Barnes & Noble today, uh, and that's kind of where I got the inspiration that I was going to do this show today was when I was at Barnes & Noble. I heard about the Jared Allen move this morning. I was at Barnes & Noble's looking at draft magazines and looking at the different moves that these three or four magazines that I was looking at, what the Bears are kind of doing. Uh, the two of them that I that I kept as far as like wrote down uh, what they had, and I'll talk about that in later. But you know the the two different ones that I that I looked at, interesting choices there. And I think if you could combine the two together, they'd be the perfect draft for the Bears to have. We'll talk about that uh, in just a minute, but. Um, We've taken the philosophy of, you know, adding all these bodies to the to the defensive line. We'll see who sticks and who stays. Uh, linebacking core looks like we're going to more like reshuffle than we are going to reload there. Um, we brought back Peanut. We brought back Tim Jennings. Resigned Sherry McManus. Resigned Kelvin Hayden. Looks like we're good there. If we're going to make a move as far as cornerback is concerned, probably going to happen. I would say second, third round uh, in the draft. And then, like I said, safety, we've added bodies there, but that could also be, you know, like, don't be too heartbroken if that's the first place we go uh, in in round one uh, in the draft as well. But, um, you know, I I wanted the Bears to sign one. I knew Jarius Burr was going to be too much. This is the point that I got away from. Jarius Burr was $9 million a year. T.J. Ward signed with the Broncos for like $4 million a season, which – I thought was extremely reasonable. And I, I definitely thought that was within the Bears' price range, but maybe T.J. Ward wasn't ever interested in coming uh, to Chicago, but he was the guy that I wanted. And it was just one of those things where, you know, how, all those years ago, you know, those years when we had Jerry Angelo as the GM and all these different guys that you, you know, like, oh, man, the Bears should go after him. The Bears should go after him. And then as far as we know, the Bears never even had a discussion with the guy so the bears were never on the guy's radar or he was never on the bears radar for some reason that's kind of what it felt like with tj ward very disappointed to hear that um 
you know, the Bears didn't try to, to make a move for him, especially since the contract that he got was like four years, 23 million or five years, 23 million, something like that with the with the Broncos, which is in a very reasonable price range as far as, you know, what the what the Bears were in the market for. But, uh, you know, and then after those two guys, we got Ryan Mundy. We got MD Jennings from the from the Packers. We signed McCray uh, away from the, the the Cowboys. So we've added bodies. We've added depth there. How many of these guys will be sticking around uh, when when it comes to final roster cuts at the end of uh, August and into early September? Only time will tell. So those are the offseason acquisitions in the free agency market, and there's still plenty of moves to be made in free agency. I mean, I think Matt Slauson, I think we signed him after the draft last year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe just before. It was late. It was kind of like, oh, the Bears are still making moves. Oh, whoa, we got Matt Slauson. Whoa, we got Matt Slauson. That's great. So, you know, there are still plenty of moves out there to be made, so the Bears aren't done yet. Uh, Phil Emery is one of those guys that's always looking to improve, so we'll see if he makes any more moves before the draft. But now we're going to take a, take a little breather real quick and talk about the draft and kind of preview what it is the Bears want to do, who's on the radar, 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 what do the experts say, the mock drafts and all that kind of stuff. What should we look forward to in the 2014 NFL draft for our beloved Chicago Bears? <laughs> All right. Sorry if I got a little long-winded on that uh, segment with the transactions and and everything, but uh, you know we had a lot to cover. I mean, what, what are you going to say? I mean, uh, we didn't really even get into the comments that Erlacher was making about how the Bears have no loyalty to the players. You know, with saying you know dismissing Devin Hester, uh, you know, or not re-signing him, or you know they they kept saying that the Bears released Devin Hester, and that's not what happened. We didn't release Devin Hester. Devin Hester played out his contract, and he was a free agent. So we didn't release him. He just We just didn't re-sign him. Same thing that happened to you, Brian. We didn't release you or cut you or anything like that. You played out your contract when you were eligible for a new one. We couldn't come to terms with you. Same thing that happened with Devin Hester. And unfortunately, I don't know if we tried to talk Julius Peppers down on his contract or if we just flat out cut him after, you know, he kind of had a really bad year last year in 2013. But, you know, I mean, I get it, you know, just being loyal to the guys that you played with and everything. But, uh, you know, you got to look at the realities of the game and uh, uh, and everything. And, and reality dictates that, uh, you know, there had to be a lot of changes uh, made uh, to this football team especially on the defensive side because the bread and butter of the team didn't have any bread or butter in 2013 so uh, a lot of changes needed to be made uh, to look forward to building upon you know the offense was <laughs> you know you guys heard me talk about it a million times uh, last year whereas so many years the Bears defense did everything it could to keep the offense in the game. Now we had an offense that was doing its best to keep the defense 
in the game by scoring points to try to give us an advantage and our defense just kept giving up points to match the points that our offense was scoring so it was um you know we we had the the right mixture in the first three weeks even though we were still having some struggles there we were we were forcing turnovers turning those turnovers into points and everything and that's how we got off to that three and zero start but once the turnover stopped we weren't getting to the quarterback anymore and all that kind of stuff changes were apparent changes had to be made and uh, we made it in the way of personnel as opposed to uh, changing the scheme or the guy calling uh, the plays as in uh, uh, Mel Tucker so he'll be back we made some personnel changes be a lot of new faces on that defensive front next year and um, you know the the defense is probably still going to be the focus of this year's draft uh, where last year was more of an offensive minded uh, you know offensive line we drafted two offensive linemen uh, last year uh, in the 2013 draft along with linebackers that was kind of also the other need that the bears had going into it um with basically uh we lost nick roach brian erlacher was um wasn't re-signed he therefore retired uh shortly after that uh and everything so offensive line linebacker first four picks kyle long john bostic kasim green uh jordan mills mills and long our right side tandem. Hopefully, we keep those guys together for a while. Played lights out. Bostic and Green, you know, kind of looked like they were playing a bit earlier than they were expecting to, and it showed early on. But uh, you know, hopefully, they'll improve with an improved line in front of them, not leaving them vulnerable to being crushed by offensive linemen as many times as they were facing uh, in 2013. Also, a uh, year of experience under their belts. Uh, and everything to um, learn from those mistakes and put themselves in better positions to make plays. This year, the focus most likely on defense as far as the defensive line is concerned, more so the interior of the defensive line, the defensive tackle position, or maybe even in the secondary corner or more than, more likely safety than corner as far as the the early rounds are concerned so i am fully anticipating our first round pick and we're picking at 14 uh this year will either be a defensive tackle or a free safety one of those two i don't think it will be a corner uh not after re-signing jennings and tillman we also re-signed Sherry mcmanus we also re-signed um kelvin hayden you know, as far as we, you know, we do need to get somebody in there as far as a future uh, at cornerback. But as far as bringing somebody in who's going to make an impact now, we don't need that guy. But to make a splash in the first round, we're looking at a safety or a defensive tackle. All the defensive, excuse me, all the mock drafts that I've been looking at uh, have been lately have been one of two guys. We're either looking at Timmy Jernigan a defensive tackle from Florida State, or the guy that I want, uh, Aaron Donald, the defensive tackle from Pitt. Now, I've seen both of these guys' highlight reels, and Aaron Donald looks like a beast. Uh, I think the only thing that's hurting him is that Donald is barely six feet tall, but he is an athletic machine from the highlight reel that I saw penetrating you know not only good against the run but i saw a play where he tackled 
the quarterback and the running back as he was trying to hand the ball off. He tackled them both at the same time. It's not easy uh, to do. And it wasn't against, like, you know, Stephen F. Austin, some some crappy 1AA school. They think it was against, like, Florida or something like that that he did that against. And, uh, you know, actually it was Louisville. That was, that's who it was. Louisville that he, that he made that uh, tackle of the quarterback and the running back uh, on the same play. So, I mean, he's kind of been the darling of the of the draft process. Uh, private workouts have been fantastic, or his pro day was awesome. Um, had a great, a fantastic senior season, and then blew the roof off the place at the Combine. So talk about a guy whose draft stock has been rising since the end of the season. Um, you know, he probably put himself in a position from being like a, a second-round pick to pushing himself into the first round to where he's being talked about being in the top half of the first round as maybe as early as I mean I've even seen like maybe the Cowboys take him at eight or something like that I don't know if uh, them taking Henry signing Henry Melton will kind of alleviate that but you know all the moves the Bears have made as far as free agency is concerned you know we re-signed Nate Collins and Jay Ratliff we have Steven Paya but you know we need an impact guy and I think that Aaron Donald might be just what the doctor ordered. Now, looking at the mock drafts and the magazines that I was looking at today, there were two. And the, the magazine that I bought was USA Today. And there was another one that I was looking at just called Pro Football Draft Preview. I don't know who makes it, but Pro Football Draft Preview was, was it. Pro Football Draft Preview had... In the first round, had the Bears taken Aaron Donald from the defense tackle from Pitt. Second round, Jimmy Ward, a cornerback from Northern Illinois. And then third round, a defensive end, James Gale from Virginia Tech. Another corner in the fourth round, E.J. Gaines from Missouri. In the fifth round, um, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this, Chadera Uzo Deribe, defensive end from Colorado. Kane Coulter, a wide receiver from Northwestern in the sixth round. And then the Bears have two sixth-round picks and no seventh-rounder, so the last pick would be another sixth-rounder, Cornelius Lucas from Kansas State. Now we go over to the USA Today mock draft, and they have Stefan Tuitt, a defensive end slash defensive tackle from Notre Dame, interesting in the first round. Lachey Seastrunk, a running back from Baylor in the second round. Now, this is the like out of all the picks, even though I don't know a lot of these guys off the cuff, I don't know a lot of these guys, but that's the pick I'm least happy with. A running back in the second round, that better not happen. I mean, I know we let go of Michael Bush. Um, I'm hoping that means that they have faith in Michael Ford, who I was a big fan of uh, in the preseason last year, hoping that he can be more of a contributor uh, in the on the field and not just in special teams uh, this year. But we should not draft a running back in the second round. Uh, third round, Kelsey Corliss, a defensive tackle from South Carolina, is a stud player uh, in the SEC. Um, fourth round, this is the most interesting pick, Aaron Murray, quarterback from Georgia, who is looking to be like one of those top five, maybe number one pick in the draft guys going into the 2013 college football season, torn ACL, and therefore it has hurt his draft stock. Uh, you know, the Bears may be looking to draft a, you know, somebody to develop as a backup. Aaron Murray, that'd be a hell of a pick if we could get him in the fourth round. Um, fifth round, Jordan Tripp, a linebacker from Montana. Uh, Marcus Williams, a cornerback from North Dakota State in the sixth round. And then another North Dakota State guy, Billy Turner, an offensive tackle 
in the other six round pick so those are the the mock drafts in the magazines that i was looking at today now if you could combine these two and it's very simple actually if you take the first two picks out of the pro football guide mock draft which is aaron donald in the first round jimmy ward in the second round at the the cornerback from northern illinois you take those two as our first two picks and then you add that to kelsey corliss aaron murray jordan tripp marcus williams and billy turner that's the draft that i want you get aaron donald in the first round jimmy ward in the second kelsey corliss uh defensive tackle from south carolina in the third round aaron murray the quarterback in the fourth round i think that's awesome uh linebacker jordan tripp in the fifth round marcus williams another cornerback uh a two-time defending one double a champion north dakota state billy turner also from that north dakota state program bring him in as an extra body at the offensive tackle that sounds like a solid draft in my opinion if you can combine those two and we get aaron donald uh jimmy ward who's an illinois guy bring him into the bears and then get Kelsey Corliss in the third round to add depth to defensive tackle. Aaron Murray to be our projected, you know, quarterback of the future, if you will. Uh, backing up Jay Cutler with Jordan Palmer there as well. That's, you know, the, the first four rounds right there, I'm in love with that draft. But, um, you know, that sounds like uh, if you could combine the two, that sounds like the perfect draft for the Bears there. So other options as far as, you know, say, uh, you know, free safety uh, is concerned. Um, the the one of the bigger names is from the University of uh, Alabama, uh, who's got a ridiculous name. It's Haha. That's I'm sure it's short for something. Haha Clinton Dix is the free safety from the University of Alabama, who I've you know seen the Bears you know rumored as uh, maybe taking him. Um, Let's see who else. Uh, Calvin Pryor from the University of you know Louisville uh, is in there as as a top guy at the position. Um, Jimmy Ward, as I said, from Northern Illinois, got him listed as a cornerback. He's actually a strong safety, so that would be nice if we can get our hands on him uh, in the second round. But um, it's going to be a safety. Uh, but I would most likely think it's going to be a defensive tackle, so I'm hoping that Aaron Donald is still there. He's kind of the perfect guy as far as Phil Emery because Phil Emery likes those high-motor, athletic kind of guys. That's why we drafted a guy like Shea McClellan over a guy like um, you know Arthur Jones or um, Chandler Jones, sorry, uh, from the from Syracuse. It was kind of a more of a lanky, not as athletic kind of guy. We went for the 3-4, you know, athletic freak in Shane McClellan and, uh, you know, and so on. Same thing with Kyle Long. You know, even though he's 6'6", you know, 305 pounds, he's an athletic specimen who scares the hell out of everybody. His athletic ability, his feet, you know, just how natural of an athlete he is. Aaron Donald is in the same mode as those guys so if he's still there at 14 when the bears are picking and you know the 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 way that these drafts are kind of rolling out i think the bears would be lucky if he's still there he could be our next tommy harris is being that defensive tackle that we got in that early to mid first round spot that ends up being a real stud for us the other thing to keep in mind and this is something that i actually hope the bears don't do unless guys like donald and timmy jernigan from florida state are gone 
There's also been talk of Phil Emery selling the pick for more picks. So don't be surprised if you see that. Now, Emery's been more about trading up than he has been about trading down in his first couple of drafts uh, with the Bears. We traded up to get uh, Jeffrey, Alshon Jeffrey. Wow, can't believe I blinked on that. You know, traded up to get Alshon Jeffrey uh, in, in the 2012 draft and so on. He's more about moving up than about moving down. But, you know, obviously he'll be listening to any takers if uh, somebody wants to move up to our spot, especially if the people that we want are already gone at that time. So something to keep in mind if guys like Timmy Jernigan and especially for me, Aaron Donald, defensive tackle from Pitt, if those guys are already gone when the Bears number comes up at 14, don't be surprised if you see somebody take the Bears' spot and the Bears move back to hopefully pick up somebody else later on in the first round or uh, you know, or what have you. So hopefully he won't be like uh, Jerry Angelo and completely trade out of the first round because that would just piss me off. Every time that Angelo did that, it, it just like, oh. Even though we were picking later in the, in the first round, like 26, 27, when he was doing stuff like that, I hate it when he would just trade completely out of the first round. It's like, dude, we out completely out of the first round. We can't just back up a few spots. No, we got to back completely out of the first round. I don't want to see Emory do that. And I mean, it, it, we're at 14. We'd have to move another 18 spots to get out of the first round. So I don't see that uh, that happening, uh, quite frankly. But, um, you know. Aaron Donald, he's my guy. Hopefully we see him in the first round. If we could get a guy like Jimmy Ward, and the Bears were at the Northern Illinois Pro Day to see him uh, up close and personal, uh, they were there. They were also at Florida State. They were also at Pitt to see Aaron uh, Donald uh, and and do his thing at, at their Pro Day. So, you know, these are guys that apparently are on the Bears' radar, and I hope that we can get our hands. If we can't get Aaron Donald – Hopefully we, uh, Timmy Jernigan is still there because he was a stud for Florida State when they made their run to the national championship uh, this year. And, uh, you know, see if we can't pick up uh, some safety help or some corner help later on in the second round or in the third round and so on. So as much as I didn't want the Bears to be in a position to have to draft the safety, it looks like that's what we're going to do most likely in the second round, fingers crossed. So um let's see do i have anything else uh just one other quick tidbit actually before i go um all of these moves and all this kind of stuff could uh could result in our beloved chicago bears being on that beloved show of the summer hbo's hard knocks uh the bears are among eight teams eligible to be on the show now there are certain criteria that the teams have to fit you can have made it to the postseason in one of the last two seasons the bears haven't been to the postseason in three years you can't have a new head coach this is year number two uh for tressman and you can't have been featured on the show within the last 10 years uh the bears haven't been featured on the show at all so the Bears, along with the Cardinals, the Bills, the Jaguars, the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Rams, those are the eight teams that are eligible to be on HBO's Hard Knocks. So we've got, uh, mathematically, we have a 12.5% chance of seeing our beloved be the team 
on HBO Hard Knocks, and I think that they announced that stuff around, maybe it'll be around the draft, but I think they usually announce it like in June uh, or July or something like that. I would love to see the Bears on HBO Hard Knocks. I mean, I would do review shows of the HBO Hard Knocks if the Bears were on the show. I would Honestly, I would do that. I would. I wouldn't even really bother with the preseason games. We're going to talk about what did we see on HBO Hard Knocks if the Bears were featured on it. Phil Emery, unfortunately, says he's not interested uh, in doing the HBO Hard Knocks. The thing about it is they don't have a choice. If the NFL says that they're going to be the team, that's they're going to be. Basically, he's saying that we'll do it if that's what uh, basically if that's what the uh, the, the powers that be uh, you know say. But uh, he would prefer not to do it. Well, he's one of eight teams that's meeting the criteria. If you don't want to be on HBO Hard Knocks, Phil, we got to make the playoffs in 2014. Then you won't have to do it in 2015. So there you go. Or actually in 2016 because you can't have made it in one of the last two seasons to be uh, on the criteria. So. So fingers crossed, Bear fans, that our beloved will be the team featured on HBO Hard Knocks because that would just be awesome. So anyway, that's going to do it for this impromptu episode of the Chicago Bears Review. We recapped all of the Bears' offseason moves up to this point. Just felt compelled to do it after we made such a splash with Jared Allen today. I mean, we thought Lamar Houston, Willie Young, like those were quality signings but jared jared allen that's the splash that's the that's the julius peppers uh signing that's the the brandon marshall trade that's uh, going out and getting martellus bennett and you know jermon bushrod last year that's the splash that the bears have basically have have made a pattern of the last few years of making that move that makes everybody kind of like hmm the bears are doing something and that's the move right there that surprised everybody because jared allen made visits i don't think i don't i didn't ever hear of him making a visit to hallis hall but he visited seattle twice and he was in early contention after he was released or after he you know was let go by minnesota to sign with denver then denver signed demarcus ware after he was cut from uh the dallas cowboys and that kind of left him out there and then there was saying well it's either going to be the bears or the seahawks and it looked like i mean i even saw headlines that said allen likely to sign with seattle only to hear at seven o'clock this morning jared allen's a chicago bear and there it is i mean it's a done deal four years 32 million he's not going to meet the press in chicago until next week on monday but uh he will wear number 69 because uh Nobody's using the number right now because Henry Melton is a cowboy, so his jersey is wide open, and they confirmed Jared Allen will wear 69 uh, for the Bears. So that's going to be a weird look to see him in a Bear uniform, but hopefully we'll be watching him in that Bear uniform swallow uh, quarterbacks, and uh, he's one of the premier pass rushers even still. Uh, He's had double-digit sacks, I think, what, seven years in a row, and I think there's maybe like one or two years out of his nine or ten years in the league that he hasn't had double-digit sacks. Uh, he's been he's been healthy, uh, even banged up. The guy plays because I think he had some shoulder issues last year. He played through them and still had 12 and a half sacks last year. Really looking forward to seeing, and hopefully he can do that for us uh, when he comes uh, to Chicago and plays for us. So, anyway, that's gonna do it. Uh, the next time that we will see we see each other, uh, we'll be. Like we've done it in the past. We'll see you after 
the draft. After the draft, which unfortunately won't be until May. It's like May 8th this year. Instead of the last weekend in April, it's like the first weekend in, in May this year. Um, so like May 8th, I think. So like around the, the 11th or 12th, after the Bears have um, taken part in all three days, and after the Bears sign their uh, un, undrafted rookie free agents, after we get all that done, then I'll be back. We'll analyze the draft. Who do we pick up? Do we even do we even know who the guy was that we drafted? Because the Bears have a beautiful track record, even with Phil Emery as the GM. And with the 12th pick, the Bears select Michael Haynes, defensive end from Penn State. Who the hell is Michael Haynes? Who is that? Never heard of this guy. And how many times does that happen? Who the hell is Shea McClellan? Who? The guy, I didn't even know the guy was first. Number 19, we're taking Shea McClellan. What the hell? Okay. And <laughs> same thing with Kyle Long, which turned out to be a, a pure genius on the part of uh, Phil Emery. But it's like, you know, all those guys, the household name players were there. The, even that defensive tackle uh, from the University of Florida had fallen, was supposed to be the number three overall pick, was still sitting there at 20 when the Bears picked. And all the guys the Bears could have picked, we took Kyle Long. Was like, Kyle, what? Who the hell is Kyle? Oh, come on. So hopefully we won't have a moment like that in this year's draft. We're there at 14. Timmy Jernigan's available. Aaron Donald's available. And then we take, you know, Zach Smith, defensive tackle from Abilene Christian. Like, what? Who the hell is that guy? And, and, you know, we have to have another one of those moments. So hopefully Emery won't do that to us again this year. And we'll be like, yeah, we got this guy. I've heard of him. I know who that is. That's who all the mock drafts say we should have picked. We picked him. I know him. Welcome to Chicago. So hopefully we'll be uh, giving a big thumbs up to the draft uh, in May when the draft takes place. So uh, enjoy the, the another, you know, five, six weeks hiatus from your beloved host because, uh, you know, I will be back then unless we do something else that's just crazy and I feel compelled uh, to come out of hiding and, and do another show. But uh, otherwise, we will see you in May after the draft. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Chicago Bears Review.